Hey everybody, this is Dell, and you're listening to another episode of the Dell and Jess Show. I'm Jess. And this is the first, well, no, this isn't really the first episode of the Dell and Jess show, is it? We're no. back. This is the reboot. Correct. Yeah, we're rebooting like, you know, a comic book or something like that. We have like returned. That. Yes, we are back like we never left. So, hi everybody. Um, yeah, we're here. Like, this is exciting. We've been wanting to do this for a while. Listen, I have spent at least... 60% of my conversations with this man talking about when are we doing the show again? Yes. <laughs> we actually did a show a couple of months ago, but yeah, I didn't, I thought it wasn't. Let's just say yeah. it is the equivalent of Dana Carvey's a church lady, church lady saying, well, isn't that special? Well, I mean, it was cool to hang out with you. I just didn't think it was, it lost that certain, you know. I think it was a little rush. I think that's what it was. I think it was a little rushed, and I think there were certain areas that we definitely could have polished more. And I feel now we are much more prepared and more ready. And I really believe that you're really going to like what we're going to be talking about today. I do, too. So um, just a little brief premise. Um, So me and Jess have been, you know... To lots of the same churches and lots of the same people, lots of the same Christian type stuff. And we've also grown a whole lot over the years. Indeed, um, and, indeed. Yeah, and, and our views and stuff have changed. But also a lot of people who we've, you know, been on that same journey with are at various stages or the same place uh, of their own <laughs> journeys. Um, and particularly given our age, you know, we realized that there aren't really many black folks talking about what it means to be like formally evangelical and all of that. Like usually it's some white person who says a phrase that one of us has said billions of years ago and they get a book deal and they get invited to go talk at, on conferences. And, Pretty much. And their, their, their mediocrity is called groundbreaking. Yeah. And it's like, so as if there's never any black people who talk about these things. So that's why um, we're doing this and hopefully we'll have some fun along the way. So um, shall we jump right in? Absolutely. Let's get All right. into it. So the first thing we have is the news. And so what I've done is look around the Christian world and see what type of things we could discuss. All right. So the first bit of news I have for you that we can discuss is about Lifeway Christian bookstores. Do you all Which is those? hilarious to me because it's like I did not know Lifeway was still on and popping. Oh, no. It is there. Like, Lifeway still exists. Like... Most other bookstores are closing, but Lifeway is still there, which is kind of funny. It's kind of weird when you think about it, because it's like, 
I mean, we. I would think that like Lifeway basically is like the so, the vendor for like all family Christian stories. Well, they certainly <laughs> are. Well, let's get into the story. So here's what happened. Uh, Lifeway removed um, the Christian rapper Show Baraka's album from their stores because in one of his lyrics, he said the word penis. <gasps> yeah. Penis. That, that, that's why. Um, now, I will note that Lifeway has a history of heavily policing what they put on their shelves. But the imagine funny part Imagine what they would have said if it... Imagine what would have happened if he actually said areola. Well, I mean, they might not Well, that know. might be a little bit too fancy, so... They, yeah, they might not know <laughs> what that is. They might not know. They might think that, yeah. I'm not going to be mean. Not yet. It's just funny because it's like, this is the first time that they're getting upset over penis and versus other places. I mean... Well, here's it's the thing that's no funny about deal. the thing that's funny about that is well, here's what they said. Well, they said basically like you know like any retailer got responsibility not to carry resources that their customers would find inappropriate. The problem is is that their their preferred version of the Bible, like what is it called again? What is it? The King James version? No, it's the not, Holman Christian. Yes, the Holman Christian. So it's not even King James. Like in that version. Um, it says penis in that version, Deuteronomy twenty three, verse one, and and so some, he's referencing a scripture and saying, well, well, it's it's a the so here's what's happening. They cancel Show Baraka because he said penis in a um in a lyric, but their preferred version of the Bible that they sell in their stores reads penis and there's another book in there let me see if i can find the the title there's another book that they sell in there um however oh oh, here it is it's called um it's a sex manual for christian couples titled sheet music wait wait (laughs) let me make sure i got this straight (laughs) they said you're canceled because he had the word penis in one of the lines from from his album yes but they have a an entire album in their store it's not an album no, but I'm, I'm talking about the CD saying sheet music. Yeah, but th- that's what I mean. Like, it's not an album. It's not an album? No. They have a song. It, it's a book. Wait, a book? <laughs> it's a book called Sheet Music. Wait okay. a minute. A- oh, wait, I get it now. They were trying to sheet, like, between the sheets. It took me a second. Because when I first, I was like, wait, sheet music? What does that have to do? It's a Christian sex, a, a Christian married sex manual. And it says it. Basically, the what book... What is that, Missionary Every Day and Twice on oh, Sunday? Oh, my God. Well, we're getting to the deep end quick, aren't we? So, but the funny part is, in sheet music, they say penis um, and other euphemisms 45 times. So, they ban show Baraka for saying a but word... But phallocentric as hell. But there are other heavily promoted materials that say penis as well. Which basically, so in the words of Yana, it was about the penis. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, the thing it can't it can't just be about penis because I think that's the point that they're trying to highlight is that there are materials that they sell that say penis, and so show Barack and I'll I'll read the lyrics. Please, he, he said, 
Because um, I need context for all now, this. Now, mind you, you know I don't have Christian rap anywhere, anywhere on my person, <laughs> in, in my iPod. I'm, I mean, I tried. Even in my good and saved days, I tried to get in the Christian rap. I couldn't. I will say, though, one, that they have gotten much better and I'm putting better in square quotes, not because Air I'm trying, quotation. not because I'm trying to shade them, but because I generally don't agree with their message. However, like folks like Lecrae, like he can rap. Like I don't really, and and yes, he's grown. Yes, he's beginning to speak out a lot more on some things. Generally, I never really got down with what their message and their influences um, from oh, for yeah. their message. Well, Lecrae is like Lecrae is. So it's it's Calvin like if I mean he's grown like he I'm not he's, saying he's he grown. I'm just saying in terms of his influence. Oh yeah, me. but most of, but all of them all of them right. well not all of them that's not fair a good Very amount of them portion. So many of them have gone to like the same Bible college just that one in Wheaton. Philly biblical or Wheaton or somewhere else yeah. or or Southern Baptist Theological Seminary which or, by the way is actually having their own little split as well but that's a, that'll be for a whole other podcast oh well I didn't know that I didn't well yes. you see I don't I don't pay attention to that side There's of the world some, yeah I didn't realize it until I actually did a little did a, did, did a little bit of digging and I was like wait a minute there is some tea. Like, wait a minute. Well, I mean, I just I think, didn't think uh, it would happen, especially with the Southern Baptist Convention. I was like... Oh, yes. They they will. Well, I think ultimately what it comes down to is that, to me, penis ain't the only thing. Now, there is one thing <laughs> <laughs> that is different. There is one of these things. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> one of these things they believe does not belong. And I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> I never even read the lyric. You want to hear the lyric? Yes, okay. Because you know I'm thinking C all of the above. I'm not even. <laughs> okay. Um. So the fine it's the, this is in the final song of his album. It's Piano Break, 33 A.D. Okay. That's the that's the that's the name of the track. Sorry. Wait. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna be serious. Since I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean. Yet. I know you just listen. As someone that has not any, you don't have a dog in this fight because this is not your preferred or. I never, genre. never, never, and it's okay. Ever. There are plenty of there are plenty of recovery evangelicals that can honestly say that that was never their cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. Water. <laughs> Sports recovery drink, nothing, <laughs> never. No Gatorade. They have, they've gotten better. I, I, I will readily acknowledge that their pro- production value has gotten better. That they are awesome lyricists and all of that. Still, no thank you. But let's get. Let me read this lyric. <clears throat> I was an insecure boy who thought he was a genius, but always pissed off. That's because I thought with my penis. That's why they banned so... his album. Because of that. He said basically, he, I, I thought I was really smart, but I always thought with my dick. Well, he didn't say that, but, you know. In essence, yeah. that's exactly, that is, I'm, con- yeah, okay. And so that's why they banned him. But, I mean, you have to remember, too, that Lifeway Christian bookstores also would, had books up with Sarah Palin, 
I'm sure. I'm sure they probably know, had a couple of Paula Dean cookbooks too. I'm positive, <laughs> and I mean, it, uh, it's Lifeway Christian Bookstore caters to a very specific Christian demographic. The ones that go to Kmart for a gun rack. Well, yes, but also the ones who, the ones who, the Sunday before the presidential election, they probably were in their best church clothes, and they stopped by. Lifeway to pick up some materials to read in the line to vote and then probably pull up that lever for Trump. Like it would have to be. It's not all, I mean, yeah. Like, it's not just the folks, you know, down on the farm. The John the Wayne roar. Yeah, like, it, no, it's not just the John Wayne Christians who are voting for food who did that. It's not how many of them actually did. You mean so. the Clive and Bundys that go to church on Sunday? Yeah. I mean, the one thing, I mean, you hate to, as much as a lot of things about racism are brought up today, show Barack is black. And you hate to think about that, but when you put it into context, particularly with, again, the Bible that you all sell, sells penis, one of your Christian sex manuals says penis and other sexual euphemisms 45 right. times. But it's also, these are white, heterosexual, white straight males yeah. talking, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, supposedly, because I'm not mm-hmm. going get to get into that. Well, that's just, you know, I mean, it sucks. I mean, I, if anything, and I think this is a theme that we will run through when we go to the other news items. I hope that black Christians, particularly Christians like a lot of people who we were always around, begin to really kind of see the forest or the trees and say, hey, wait a minute. A lot of this stuff about racism and everything comes from the, like, the same place. They really don't. Like, particularly for white evangelical culture, black people are good as props to mm-hmm. demonstrate how good we, you know, look at how it's like, Look, we take Look at my African American. Yeah, look at how well it can even look at how God can change even them type of thing. And and it sucks because you know, it doesn't mean that there aren't some and I mean you know the stories that they always tell over and over again. Like, you know, I was in the hood. It's always somebody who was in the hood. Always I have no daddy, always drugs and all the other stuff. And that, and not, not that those stories aren't true, but it's always some type of tale like that, particularly when you have Christian hip-hop, and that somehow way these white Christians with their books somehow came along and they helped me. And it doesn't mean that they didn't do good stuff for them, but it's always this... Um, what's that story with the football player and the white mom? You know what I'm talking the about? Blind side. Yeah, it's always like this blindside story. The white say, there's nothing wrong with black people that a white person can't fix. Yeah, it's like, look, and, and that's just like, look, see, the 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 Lord Jesus Christ can even save these. White Jesus can fix you. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, all right, can we move on to the next one? Are we done with that one? Yeah, because it's just like, I mean, it's I don't, mean, as soon as you said lifeway, I was like Well, don't say penis and lifeway, they might throw you out. I don't really know. I mean, I guess that's the case. I mean, well, not surprising at all. That's why the whole, why do you think, it's just, to me, it's like, it's kind of funny to me because I don't even think they realize that you are giving the the so-called uh, secular culture more than enough fodder um, in, in regards to uh, comedy and I mean that's why one of the reasons why Dana Carvey was so 
hilarious on SNL as a church lady because the same type of like mentality and thinking is there. Unfortunately, I don't think that um, to that many, just from my experience, I've seen that many black Christians actually engage in a level of critical thinking about, wait a minute, they believe the same things that we do supposedly. Mm-hmm. So why are they supporting this guy? Yeah. Well, let's leave Lifeway there and let's let's go to the the black side now and <laughs> let's talk about Tina Campbell. So Tina Campbell wrote a letter. An open letter yeah. of some sort to explain why she forgives and supports Donald Trump There was a reading, there just wasn't the reading she was expecting. Well, I mean, in this season, in this dispensation of the Lord's grace, (laughs) apparently... Dispensation of the Lord's grace? Apparently, (laughs) there is this move to pen these open letters. And, I mean, Chrisette Michelle wrote hers. And, you know, and it's always a theme. It's like, it's always written... In these re- these really weird terms, and it's always written in some very strange font, like Comic Sans or something that you find in a Valentine's <laughs> Day card, and it's always something real, like the really strange color that you can barely read. A signature that you would see on Hotmail, you account. Yeah, exactly. It's like you just know that it, it, this is definitely what somebody's black panda plays used to look like back in the day. <laughs> um, all these some sprites or something in the background. Oh, that's that's straight AOL right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Circa the, I mean, the open letters it looks. Somebody is. It looks like an um, an AOL um, away message. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but he, this is what she said. Um, she, she again. She wants to forgive him, and she explained in great detail. She said, "I believe that understanding and compassion are absolutely necessary for the progress of all people. So, although I don't always understand or agree with Mr. Donald Trump's politics, perspective, and approach." I believe that the same God that created, who created, never mind, all of us has deposited greatness inside of him that goes far beyond what many of us have seen and what many of us could imagine. I choose to stand with him and pray for him because as a follower of Jesus Christ I and a firm believer in the Holy Bible, according to 1 Timothy 2, 1-3, I have been commanded to... Hmm? This is what... Okay, I'm reading what she wrote, and all right. don't do don't do that to yourself. That's just wrong. That's all. Kind, that is all kinds of wrong. You set yourself I, up to, for a minor migraine reading a letter that makes absolutely no sense. Let me try to finish. <laughs> all right, I want to try to finish. I'll pray your strength in the Lord. How about the that? first thing I want you to do is pray every way you know how, especially for rulers and their governments. To rule well. This is the way our Savior God wants us to live. Um, yeah, that's what she said. So, I mean, she got... The, the, the saints got her together. Because one thing we do know is that the black church did not vote for Donald Trump. Most black people did not. Over, you know, 90-something percent of black women and 80-something percent of black men said no to Donald Trump. Listen, so we when know. you have... A, a white woman basically going off and saying, stop 
blaming black people. <laughs> we did this shit. <laughs> well, you know, here, what she's saying and where she's coming from is one that I think both of us know very well. Um, I just think that as a number of people who I know have said is that a lot of people in church, particularly in black churches, really don't know a lot about politics other than vote, 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 vote. Which voting is not a, a bad thing, but even in how we talk about voting, usually or it's like... about the fact you know, that, you know, states have... They, they might have three branches of government, by, but the way in which those three branches of government operate and work with each other... Mm-hmm. Locally, in regards to your town, your state, and all the way up to Congress and the president, it's like not as strict, cut and dry as you'd like it to be. Not at all. <laughs> but I think, too, and I know in this season when the, the term alternate facts has, you know. Alternative facts. Yeah, has become, I think that it's important even more so to be honest about what the Bible says. Well, first of all, the Bible doesn't say anything. It's it's words that you read. And that anytime anyone writes something, it's in a context and it means something and all of that. And so, like, again, with me and all of my seminary knowledge, I know that, one, Paul didn't write First Timothy. Two, First Timothy is one of the pastoral letters, and so the whole point is to get people to behave, to, to get them to calm down. In other words, and, you know, there is a particular message to a particular audience at a particular time. Yeah, and that the message there, if you read Paul proper or mm-hmm. Jesus, right. um, that the the tone is markedly different. And so he's trying to, the the, the pastor, some scholars call it the pastor, right. uh, who wrote um, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and probably Titus too, um, is trying to, enforce and encourage a Christianized version of the household codes that were popular in Roman society. Right. Whereas in everything, again, revolves around whoever had the penis. Right. And so God is the one with the biggest penis. And so, so yeah, the man about, has to, I keep you thinking know. about like somebody thinking the plane, I just, the penis, <laughs> the penis, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that, that's how it worked. And so the whole idea, you know, men, men control your wives, yeah. Women submit, children submit, slaves submit. And so that way everything is submitted like it is under God because God is also a guy who has the big penis too. And so that's, and I'm being a little silly by saying it that way, I, but that, I that, that's I kinda, completely get it. In other words, I'm the head dick in charge. Yeah, but that that's where they're coming from. Right. And so on the one hand, no, on the, do I want to say I have sympathy? I don't know if it's sympathy. I can say I understand. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand there's why. Between, there's a difference between... And that's another thing, too. It's kind of like... I see it more along the lines of, oh, this is where you're, 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 you have a particular level of understanding around this topic, and this is why you're responding in this particular way. And I keep saying particular, but it's just... You're responding this in this way because this is what you know. And you don't have access to the same information. And you also don't, you've also, with that access, you've constructed your entire world on that. Yeah, that's all, that's all she knows. And I think that's the thing where it's, I guess that where it, that's where it becomes kind of sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because I don't, 
as much as I vehemently disagree, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to belittle someone in her position because mm-hmm. once upon a time you would have fast you I fast forward you would have re- rewound ten years ago. I might have been agreeing with her, right. and so I don't want to belittle her or or. My concern and my fear is that she, you, she's a little bit older than us, I guess, right? Right. But the sad thing is that she winds up, I think folks like this don't, folks don't like this don't realize that essentially people in power use them as the prop, mm-hmm. as the decoy, as the model for saying, well, look, this is how, you know, this, you should be like her or, and it's like it has nothing to do with her per se because one of the things that also used to drive me absolutely bonkers is that if being a human being is not a monolith, why is faith any like why is faith so like rigid to the point where it's like, oh well all Christians think like this and all Muslims have and it's like well, it's a whole over a hundred denominations in Christianity, so to expect, like, all of us to have the same type of approach, it's particularly within America, it's just, really? Well, I think the thing is, too, with particularly, and with Tina's particular Christian background, that's a tradition that is very, we separate from the world. Like, the, remember when, when Mary Mary came out, they were looked at as going too far, trying to be too secular. I mean, everybody to this day... Anytime um, God and me comes on, some people jam and some people laugh, right? And so, which to me, I never really quite, I know this is, this is a sideline, I never really quite understood even, I mean, I understood why like older, more traditional church folk never got down with Mary Mary. But some people in, around in our age bracket continually, like if you just don't like a song of theirs, that's fine. But some of them really did not like what they were saying. It's like, okay, the theology, we can talk about that because there, there's definitely some problems there. But the fact that they're trying to, like, they're trying to reach, they're doing something that their tradition traditionally does not encourage them to do, which is reach out and branch out and connect to other people who may be different from them in some ways. It's still hella problematic because they are kind of thinking, with, oh, let me go and minister to the people who need it as if people need them to minister to them like that. But it's, they don't, I I think that people kind of forgot that about them. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, (laughs) 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 why would you insert yourself in something? Like, nobody asked you for this, sis. Well, I <laughs> like nobody asked. No I one ordered this. I literally had a conversation with Tiff MZ about this. I literally was saying, no one asked you to say anything. No one asked. And me. on top of that, no one asked. No you one. Are in a position, <laughs> this is what this, but this is what makes it worse. This is what makes it worse, in my opinion, with the with the two of them. Both of them have a particular circle of influence and can be in touch with the particular people who are much more politically savvy and active than they are. But I just don't understand so, why you have the need to say anything about I this. Just, like, I no have, one is... Right, no one's asking Who is looking saying, for Tina Campbell's opinion on politics today? 
like who 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 asked? And I'm not trying to be totally shady. I'm just trying to be like who said? You know what? I really need to know what Mary Mary Tina. I need to know what Tina Campbell from Mary Mary thinks about this. Could you write up something for me, sis? Like who really? Like I mean, but this is this isn't the first time that she's committed another like creating her own PR nightmare. <laughs> well, I mean, she had help about, with that. I and she had help absolutely. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> she had help with that particular nightmare. That wasn't just her. Yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation. Um, uh. Um, yeah, I just yeah. I don't I just think that it was one of those things where it's like that's not your lane, boo. You know people who this is their lane. She had to like if if the area topics were like a highway, and she was in her lane, she had to cut across like several lanes, cutting off cars, buses, Calling motorcycles, up, causing a multi-car pileup. Right, she had to lane. she had to zoom across so many exits. I mean, so many lanes to get to that exit. It's like, sis, you don't really need you don't need to be here. It's like, why are you you? And I think, well, to be fair, I think sometimes we do this too because someone is a celebrity and they're good at one thing. That that means that they're good at everything, and it's like, no, 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 no. They can sing. That's it. They don't know these other things. They aren't good yeah. at everything. And, and if we want to be completely honest, both of them, let's just say, decisions, team bad decisions, much. I don't, well, I mean, I, as of late, I have not really followed the Christian world. This is probably the most... No, I was talking most, about Chrisette. Oh, well, I mean, with... <laughs> 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 the thing with Chrisette is when she came back and everybody was like, we're canceling Chrisette. And I was like, I thought she was already... Canceled? I, I didn't... Like, in other words, who's... who's Not even canceled, just... Who who listens to Chrisette Michelle or... Where? I mean, I didn't really... I just don't understand her thought process. And I think at some point, this is why, like, if I ever make it big, I'm getting a manager. Because there has to be somebody else who can think outside this besides you. And now, like... From the little teeny bit of PR knowledge that I have from being in communications, it you could easily see a mile away that anyone who touches Trump is going to be radioactive. And so why would you intentionally go into that situation when you did not have to? Because that's you're gonna you're gonna carry that. It doesn't mean that she can't have any type of career or anything like that. But there's probably unless she undergoes like well, okay, the, the the reality is nobody was really looking for her before. Nobody and it, asked before you. that, she, you know. And so that's the thing is like it's. You didn't have to do this. Right. If you wanted to be big again, there was another way to get into it. But are right. we? Can we leave Tina? Yeah. Um, behind. All right. I mean, I mean, honestly though, who still who does open letters? Who still does them? I mean, do you want an answer? I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> People like Tina I mean, Campbell besides, and Chris Michelle. But, they do open letters. But it's just like, yeah, somebody's <laughs> really reading this. No, people read it. I mean, it got a when buzz. When I say reading but... this, I mean like the person that it's actually addressed to is going to read that. Yeah, okay. I mean, no political genius. Right. That's what she said. That said, sis, this is the one thing here that we agree <laughs> on, that you are not a political <laughs> genius. <laughs> I don't really know what you... Well, well, never mind. Well, the last two, I think we can combine, because um, we... 
Um, these two stories involve Paula White and Vicky Yoey. Um, Paula White, um, one of America's favorite white, one of America's favorite black-sounding white woman preachers, right? Um, prayed at the inauguration, and she was a supporter so of Donald Trump. So basically, Paula White is what you would call cultural appropriation of the black church. There's a much bigger story to that, and I would recommend anybody to pick up the book, watch this. Okay. Um, it's entitled Watch This. I believe the author's name, is it Jonathan Walton? I feel like I'm messing that up. Um, but just go on go on Amazon and look up the book Watch This, and it's about black televangelism. Mm. And there is a whole chapter about T.D. Jakes and Wanting to Bynum and Paula White. Because if you, if you know your televangelist history, there was a time when Wanita Bynum kind of fell out of favor, and that's around the time Paula White was elevated. Mm-hmm. And then when Juanita Bynum came, Juanita Bynum came back. She started wearing makeup, you know. Like it, it. Listen, it goes into it, and so um, I would say more, but I would need to reread it again to make sure I have all the details. Right. But I recommend anybody read that. But she's not the only one. Like, there's a number of people who are like that, and particularly in the black tradition, we generally. When it comes to that, we won't tell you no, right? Um, but there's usually not a requirement that you do right by us. And so um, between her and then Vicky Yoey, I think, I mean, both of them are dangerous, but I think that Vicky Yoey's was more flagrant in that she it had was, that picture. Well, it wasn't just that. If you look at her actual, like her Twitter account. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was saying that, you know... Like, you might as well just... I might as well just give you some sheets and a burning cross to put in your front yard. But she don't... She sees it as... And this is why whoever said that all opinions are valid, I want to find them. All the what? Like, you know people say that all opinions are valid, and I'm just like, I want to find whoever said that and really look at them and say, all right, I need you to say that to my face. No. You know what I want to do? When I hear something like that, I want to just go cut to a scene with 300 and say... This is Sparta, and they kick you into an abyss. Okay, wow. Um, that's how I really feel. <laughs> but I, no, mean, I mean, that kind of, I should have get. I mean, you knew it was coming. You knew Angry, Angry Jess was going to be in here of anyway. Of course. So. See, I'm trying to behave. <laughs> For once, I'm trying not to be the mean one. But no, I think that people believe that their opinions about these topics that are about other people besides themselves are just real harmless, benign, no big deal. And it's like, no, 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 no. You have an opinion about other people and your opinion impacts other people and your opinion is based on things that aren't true and so and it doesn't matter what your intentions are well I didn't mean it that way it doesn't matter this is what it's like if I pick up a baseball bat and I swing it and I hit you oh I didn't mean to hit you I wasn't really swinging at you it doesn't matter I knocked out your tooth it doesn't matter what my intentions were I hit you with it um and I think that we rely on um saying that my intentions were different as a way to excuse it, that doesn't that don't mean nothing. But I hope that by seeing that, and what I've seen in some of my circles is that people beginning to ask the question about, "Yo, our beliefs are a lot like theirs. Maybe we should think about this. If they're bad on Trump, what else are they bad on? What else are we bad on?" And I think that's a good thing because I think, and I've said this, and I've gotten a little bit of a side eye when I said it, but I think it's true that 
particularly black churches, if you remove race, we sound we agree with a lot of what Trump folks say. Pretty much. Um, no and, lies detected. Yeah, and even our race were not necessarily that great if we're going to be 100% about it. Yep. And so I think that I would like to see that train of thought go further. It's like, oh, okay. So you see how they ain't really with it, right? So remember that same book you read, that same John Piper, that same John MacArthur, whatever book that you read? If it was they're wrong about race, what else could they be wrong about? Go ahead and keep flipping. Keep looking. Like, I want people to do that. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. But I also realize and recognize that the pulling of that thread for some is going to be a much slower process than others. It is. It takes time. And I think, you know what's helped me with that, though? What I've realized, it's because it's so easy to get into, well, the Bible says this and scripture, that one. Mm-hmm. There, there are, how do I say it? There are cultural things, like cultural, like there are important things that people look toward church and, and Christianity for. And it's not really, they're dev- I don't mean to discount someone's devotion mm-hmm. to God or whatever like that. It's really bigger than that, and it's beyond that, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm devoted to God, sure, but all of your friends are here. Your parents all think this. You know that if you think something different, you won't be included in this community because this community is confessional about certain types of beliefs. Your wife is here. You met your husband here. These are all of your friends, the people who you've told some of your deepest, darkest secrets and fears. And so it's, you know, or I like the music. It's somewhere to go. These people treat me nice. And these people who treat me nice happen to think this theological thing or they happen to think these people are wrong. And so I want to, but they treat me good. And so I'm giving, you know what I mean? It's these things that make a difference. And so when people are like, when people don't want to let go of certain things, that's usually what it's about. It's that challenging this means that I might run the risk of losing out on being in the choir, preaching. Um, mother Mother Feelgood's not going to like me no more if I tell her that I don't believe the Bible is true. Um, Deacon Rallo is not going to be my friend anymore if I tell him that I'm gay or something to that extent. Like there, There is an emotional and community cost at growing and at expanding when you are in these communities. And people know that it is. Like people know that it is. They won't talk about it, but they know. We know plenty of people. Listen, let's just tell the way. We know plenty of people who have done quote unquote wrong things and have gotten sat down or scolded or had to sit out for a while or do X, Y. We know plenty of people that's happened to that situation. So listen, I have that that's too that's that's so much tea. Lipton would be out of business, okay? But I mean just think about how many even if you approach the idea of wrongdoing that you know, it, it comes with consequences. Mm-hmm. And even if it's nothing dangerous, it's just the idea that, oh, well, we're going to pray for you. And pray for you means that we're going to talk to this guy about how we want you to be something different than you already are. Um, <laughs> you know, and even prayer that. Should, 
Prayer is just code for we gonna fix you. Yeah, it's like we we want you. It, it's manipulative. It's like we're we're asking the ultimate force in the universe to make you something different because we don't like what you are now. What you are right now, we don't think it. And and and, and I, your identity is to be is is your identity is contingent upon our comfort. Right. We are comfortable with who you are and what you are, so we're going to ask God to make you into what we want. But it's supposed to become as you are. And so it goes to things that get confused. And so I really, yeah, I I, I understand why people are like that. I think a a good friend of mine, and and when he said this to me, it confirmed some of my feelings about it too. And it's just like I really, I hope that people... It, it does take time. I get it. I hope that they find a sense of self where they can stand on their own two feet um, without having to lean on something outside of themselves or outside of their own community. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to make it seem as if we all like these rugged individuals, but I think for me, my biggest area of growth is when I can look to myself for courage for mm-hmm. confidence, mm-hmm. for support. Not that I don't get it from other people, mm-hmm. but I'm not inherently looking for something that's not somewhere in me mm-hmm. or in my something that I can touch and mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. But um, but are we done with with these folks? Are I mean, I think them? that I think that was a good enough. I think it was a sufficient analysis. Okay. I well, mean, I'm just glad that you were able to say that so eloquently because. I would have just been like, yeah, just keep dragging them. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I understand that there's like, yes, there are moments when it's temporarily hilarious, but at the same front, it's not really all, it's not helpful long term because you're not really providing a space for people who really genuinely want to understand and right. learn and not see lining, but just learn. Well, see, there are people who I will drag. No, and the I people say- who I drag are the ones who know better. Like, the people who, like, a lot, like, even when I was just talking about, like, you know, Paul and the pastor, quote, unquote, and all that other stuff, there's plenty of people who don't even know what, they don't know what that is. And so I get that. And so hearing the information could be jarring for them. I'm talking to the folks that I'll drag are the folks who were sitting next to me in seminary in Old Testament Hebrew Bible class who had the same books, same teachers same exam I call same that willful stuff. stupidity and they go up in the pulpit and they say the same dumb shit over and over again and it sounds like they own it sounds like they never even drove past the seminary and that's the part that's troubling to me it's like we are the ones and I'm speaking of somebody who was a former clergy person mm-hmm. I personally believe that a lot of clergy people keep their folks dumb. Well, not dumb. Dumb isn't the right word. They keep them in the dark, and they don't tell them things because it's like, oh well, they can't handle it. Oh, they aren't ready for it. And it's like, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that excuse, I'd be Oprah. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, but we can talk about it later. So we're going on to another part of the show now, right? Are we doing right. that? We are because I mean, speaking of like dragging and like responses to said uh, individuals, like Vicky and Paula and. And I didn't even know that Vicky was still with us. <laughs> I didn't even know that she was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I 
That's a really good question because I was like, oh. I was just like, Vicky Yoey. And I was like, <laughs> oh, is it 2002 again? Is Martha Munizzi going to pop up? And it's, yeah, that's just, <laughs> not Martha though. Come, I mean, I, you, listen, when these folks are popping up, I was like, wait a minute, is this, are we going back in An time? An edition of, of uh, Lifeways, Where Are They Now segment. <laughs> oh my God, if TBN did a Where Are They Now segment, I would watch the hell out of it. I want to know what, where, what is Rob Parsley doing <laughs> Like, I want to know. Like, I sincerely want to know what he's up to. I want to know what Rob Parsley is doing. Who else? Is Kenneth Copeland alive? He still is. Like, Does he last... do the show still? I don't know if he does anymore. I think the last time I heard from uh, Kenneth Copeland was when he was sitting there trying to say, oh, the government is trying to take me down and attack. Oh, you my... mean when the, um, a few years ago. Yes. Oh, that was a, ooh, almost... We're talking six, seven years ago when yeah. the um, the uh, the Senate was researching megachurches yes. about all that. Oh. Yes. Uh, yeah. Paula White was on that list too, I believe. Paula White was. Paula White, Creflo Dollar, um, Joyce Meyer. And this is the same Creflo that got into a domestic dispute with his child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, but speaking of, we were talking about reactions and responses, and I think um, we had a really uh, a steady and faithful listener uh, actually asked a question about the difference in reactions to I would say uh, Tina Campbell versus Kim Burrell mm. and why um, how the responses to Tina have been like much more mm. severe and harsh versus the whole oh well, um, she's you know she's out of she's out of pocket, but she is trying to t- take a stand. It's like uh, so for so, anyone who doesn't know, um, New Year's Day. Right it was about? a new it was a, it was a New Year's Eve service. Or yeah, something like that. it was right. Literally like New Year's Eve service. Kim Burrell, um went on a um a homophobic rampage. Um, saying that you know, if you, anyone who puts a, um, a another man's penis in their face um, is you know bad, and any woman who you know puts her face in another woman's breast or something like that, and that you know God is gonna you know that gay people are gonna die in 2017, and she had went on a rant about Eddie Long and all of that. It was it was terrible. It was awful. Um, a few, two of my good friends made this point. And so this is their point, but I absolutely agree with them. Okay. Here is the honest truth. And so what what aggravated me around the Kimberell stuff is not not the people who aren't quote unquote allies. I know what they're gonna say, you know, the Bible da 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 da. But the people who purported themselves to be allies to the LGBTQ community who were in the church made so many excuses for Kim. Um, well, she's lonely. She's a black woman. You know all the stuff that she's going You're through. You're talking about that old time the, narrative the, about the black woman, the poor black woman that she's lonely, can't get a man, so that's why she's focusing on the gays. I mean, it was just really disappointing. And you know what? It's not to say that, that there is... The honest truth is that if you want to talk about queer people in the black church and black women, that one, people seem to forget that 
those two identities overlap. <laughs> for some reason, even for people who are quote unquote allies, I really don't like that word ally anymore. I think it lost it's lost its mustard with me. Mm-hmm. But so many people think that when you say black, first of all, no one no one really even says queer because they don't even really know what that means. But when they think of gay people in the black church, it's always a dude. It's always a guy. And so there's that layer as if... We're not even talking about people that are asexual. Mm. We're not even talking about people who are lesbians. not even talking about no. trans. All the, all, the, all the gays are literally just gay. They're all just cisgender men. That's it. Um, and, and they're in their mind. Mm-hmm. But also... Um, the part that's sad is that there's actually common ground. Like there is a there is a hatred of the feminine that we still harbor in the black church, and that it needs to be constrained and controlled, and needs to only be in one certain space, and that if it exceeds those boundaries, we get we get upset. That's where the anger. That's where the policing of homosexuality comes from. That's why women are treated terribly, even though they make up the vast majority of the church. Like, there would be no black church. Like, if you remove women and queer people, the church goes poof. Like, it just literally goes poof. Like, it's it's dust. Like, it's not really nothing there. But they have to keep them controlled. And my, what makes me annoyed is that the way that people discussed it was as if there was only a certain amount of freedom. And if we give, like, this lady, who, yeah, I can, you, you, there's definitely, there's a way to acknowledge the pain that Kim Burrell likely has gone through because of how awful we are to black women without using that pain to excuse the terror that she inflicted on other people. And I think that's where people went very wrong. Right. And people seem to forget that. So, no, women... Like straight cisgender women are also very transphobic, very homophobic. Right. And I think that I think that's another thing too that I think that is also missed is that oppressed people can be just as much tools of the oppressors, you know, mm-hmm. like anyone like any other marginalized group. And mm-hmm. it's like yep. there's no exception. So yes, Kim is definitely screwed in several ways. But it doesn't. I but think, it doesn't yeah. excuse her behavior. It doesn't excuse the behavior at all. At all, and it's like the thing that's kind of nutty to me is is that if we this was a different if this was a different context, and if there wasn't a scandal involved, and she just basically made this rant, and she was was talking about somebody that had passed, and this was someone like this wasn't someone that was well known. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people would have really got, wait a minute, how she stood up there just having it going? Well, that brings up a good point, though, because one thing that I say when all, whenever these things come around is that for every Kim Burrell, there are hundreds of people who we never see who say the same thing. And so that's what concerns me. The other thing that concerns me is that the way, I mean, this is, okay, I'm being like a scholar nerd for a second. The way that people often play identities against one another right. under the idea of being intersectional, quote unquote, mm-hmm. really has bothered me all of last year and this year. And it's almost to the point where it's like, well, hey, wait a minute. 
you know, I'm going to say something really, really jacked up. And then if you tell me I'm wrong and say how awful I'm being, I'm going to say, wait a minute, you're being homophobic to me because I know that I said that your mom was stupid and that your dad is wasn't really your real dad and I was being all mean to you or whatever. And then when you call me out, I say, wait a minute, you're being homophobic, sis, chill out. That's what people do. And so it's like, no, 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 no. You were rude. That's why they told you about yourself. Right. And it doesn't mean that people can't, it doesn't mean that people's responses can't be jacked up. Like some people were saying, well, you know, it's kind of unfair. Like Kim Brissett was wrong, but people are calling her fat. And so it's really, now someone like me, all right, I'm not probably going to, I'm not going to call you fat, you know, as a response. But this lady said they should die. And so somebody saying another insult, you should die because who you are is a sin. Oh, you're fat. Really? Which one really stick? I mean, honestly, I'm not saying that either one is good, but if the focus is on, oh, well, and I think that that's what I mean when I say that the way people use identity, I think really doesn't hold water for me because it's like this lady said that like, here, here's the honest truth. It is totally in the realm of possibility that several people heard what Kim said and killed themselves mm-hmm. and that they were likely teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's also totally in the realm of possibility that that encouraged several parents and grandparents and guardians to throw their queer kids out because the most of the homeless LGBT youth are are of color mm-hmm. and they get booted out of religious homes. There are so many ramifications to things like this. I literally had a conversation with uh, one of my my youngest sister's friends and she was telling me about friends of hers who she knew they came out to their family and their parents like put them out. They threw them out. And so this stuff matters. But I guess in re- relevance to the, um, the point, I think that Tina got dragged because she talked about race, which... Yeah, I mean, again, think think back to how, you know, black people voted. We get that part. But when it comes to the homophobic part, well, a lot of us are still very homophobic. And so even if we kind of sympathize with our gay friend, we ain't going to be as quick to come at Kim because it's something that either we kind of still are or haven't really quite sorted out yet. Ignoring the fact that it's like, hey, she said that people should die right. for having a dick in their face. Right. Like, that is worth you dying. Right. And so, that's why I think ultimately... My my fam- my famous... The thing that kind of drives me nuts is, nuts is that you don't get to, to tell someone what their pain is or that they're hurt, that they're not hurt. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you literally said, you literally said that a group of people who engage in a particular type of behavior deserve to die. Mm-hmm. Which is normal, unfortunately. Right. People have it, said it, it, people it, say it, that routinely. Right, which is another which is a whole other issue because when you think about how much evangelicalism has basically pushed that type of speech in like globally to the point of like making laws to like mm. For people to be killed <laughs> for being gay, it's like not really all that shocking to me. Um, uh, but I guess I just think that it's it's kind of nuts. It's like no, you can't. You don't get to tell somebody, oh, well, that's not hurtful. No, you don't. Like well, you mean, just yeah, yeah. But, I, I I can't. 
I do. That, that, that's how I feel about it. That Kim, Kim, was treated with kid gloves because a good many of us are homophobic, but we don't like racism. In theory, we don't like racism. Right. And uh, um, and I say that because a lot of a lot of unfortunately, you know, and even in black church Christian contexts, we can be pretty anti-black anyway. And so right. in theory, we don't like racism. Right. Um. But <laughs> but it also goes back to the idea that like I'm just saying like I definitely think that it goes back to the concept that too many um, understanding of identity is based on like a particular win lose power dynamic. Yep, that's how they treat it. It's like as if if I actually come out and say that this is who I am, then. Somehow that and and that I can't basically engage in a particular type of behavior that is normal and that I'm used to, then that means I lose. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's how it's treated. It's treated as if the resources are limited. Right. But again, it goes to show you is like if you if you believe in a limitless God who has all the resources, why do you think it's only a limited amount of freedom? I don't. But what's next? <laughs> we don't have enough time in the podcast to discuss no. that one. No, not at um, all. No, I actually was. Uh, I think we were going to talk about um, how uh, white right wing Christians. Well, uh, let's put it this way: the social conservative focus on the family type Christians and progressive uh, types have, you know, how they think that they're 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 the ones that are actually the legitimate believers. Like the question of, okay, whose faith is real? The Christians who are basically trying to instill, uh, bring a God back to government, so to speak, like Vicky Yohe was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the left-wing Christians who are basically just carnal as they like to be stereotyped as and mm-hmm. um, not real, but they don't believe in the authority of the Bible and, and scripture and they just, they're just playing fast and loose with the tech. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the question is more along the lines of how they reconcile um, their interpretations of scripture with the way that they're living. I mean like, so how do both of them, well, I'm, like basically, so what? What they're asking but this is, con- in my opinion, there's cognitive dissonance on both sides. Of the, on both sides, if we're going to be completely honest about it, because it depends on your definition of right and left. Because there are a lot of people when you really ask them ex- explicitly about certain things, they say, "Oh no, I don't agree with this," and it's like you're not really as far left as you think you are. <laughs> well, I think, and you're, or you're not yeah. as far right as you think you are, and then it just goes back to like. It goes back to their understanding of particular terms. And, like, I always go... To me, it always seems to go back to purpose. Like, what do you think is the point of it all? Like, what do you believe the point of the Bible is? Or what do you believe about uh, Scripture? And what do you believe about how to understand it and apply it in regards to your faith? Well, I... I guess looking again at what they are asking, it seems like they want to know, okay, well... Everybody is saying they're the real Christian Christians and how they reconcile that. Well, I think I'm going to reach back into my seminary bag yeah. and my history professor uh-huh. at Howard, um, History Christianity, one and two, Dr. Yes. Stricker. 
Um, he told me that we always say the history of Christianity, but in reality, it's the history of Christianities, plural. Indeed. It has always been more than one type of Christianity at the same time, functioning in different ways amongst different people. And the idea that it's just one Christian story and these other little side points um, really doesn't do it justice. And so I would say that all of them are valid in terms of their existence. And so the idea says, oh, well, you're not a real Christian. Oh, you're not a real Christian. I mean, someone's a Christian if they say they're a Christian. That's really kind of what it boils down to. There's nothing really to say because there is a rationale. Now, the, the difference is do you agree with that rationale or do you adhere to it yourself? But if, you know, Rod Parsley and I clearly disagree on literally everything, but I can't say that he's not a Christian, even if I want to say that. I mean, he'll say that I'm not a Christian, but he, I mean, that seems to be what people would expect. But I can't say he's not a Christian either. We can call out the inconsistencies. And I think, too, like everything, people have, everyone has an agenda. Everybody has a goal. And it's not so much about trying to prove that you are the right type of Christian. I think it's by being the best, kindest, most humane person you can be and trying to extend that as far out as you can. Um, because the, the there is no... doesn't matter how hard you look, how hard you try, left and right contradict each other at some point. Um, liberal Christians and conservative Christians yes. often tell their own stories with the text. Like, we know what conservative folks will do and say with the Bible. But sometimes liberal folks, too, it's like they'll try to explain things. But it's like, no, 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 no. The Bible, like, when it when they wrote this, they mean something bad. There is no way to make this nicer. There is no positive right. spin on this. Right. There's no positive spin on David saying that, I, that to, I'm hoping that his enemy's baby's heads are dashed against rocks. There is no deeper way of of making that humane you know right and i think that's the danger it's it's like if you focus so much on the light but you don't actually deal with the dark and and see it for what it is then how are you really supposed to actually really have a full in-depth picture you can't and there people have this in the bible they disagreed oh yeah like peter and paul this everyone disagreed with or how about Paul. how about world history well, how I mean, about world history in the context of like when these things were written yeah and true. then what actually was going on you might have a particular viewpoint about a particular ethnic group and in reality maybe the same type of writings that occurred around the same time had the same type of stereotypes and views about their culture mm-hmm. so it's like well i mean that happens a lot in the bible too i think that that's the thing is that that type of stuff is not obvious unless you like research and look into things, and so you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for example, if you read in the in the Hebrew Bible, you read Exodus and Deuteronomy, and you hear about how bad the Canaanites are. But who do you never hear from? You never hear from the Canaanites themselves. How do you really know if they're bad people? You know, and so you you get to hear the you hear the opinion of the people who won or the people who were left behind, or the people whose stuff lasted the longest. You don't really hear the whole picture. And I think that you, in in relation to what um, the person was asking, is that 
it's trying to figure out which one is the best Christianity or the right Christianity. You have to find an answer for yourself. I know for me, um, I still consider myself a Christian, at least Christian-inspired. Um, and for me, it's like, okay, what does Jesus do? How does Jesus, what does Jesus point to? And what is the general thrust of Jesus' message? There it is. Everything else I figure out along the way. And, it, and if I disagree with Jesus, then that's fine too. But I think too, Jesus himself took scripture and reinterpreted it for his Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And that's something that we think that we don't. He, he, would, he would say something. I mean, this is not written. You're like, you know, you know it is written. Right. This is, but I say to you. And he would take it one step further than right. even what it was written down. Right. And so he reinterpreted things and changed things for the aim that he was going toward. And so those aims, for the most part, were about being more humane toward the people who were the downtrodden and the and the ignored and all of that. And so if my beliefs somehow harm the downtrodden or the ignored or the abused or the oppressed, then it seems to be fitting in with the guy I'm following to change them. But that would require people to think outside of the box. And if, for our context, a box would be an ark and we want to all be saved and go to heaven... And most people, whether they say it or not, they still have a deep fear that they'll make God angry at them, and so they don't want to do certain things or, or say certain that, things. Or that somehow there isn't there. They want to they want a guarantee because there's too much uncertainty there. Because what mm-hmm. if what if something something happens where they they're like you said they step too far outside the box or they come to a conclusion. And it's not the same conclusion that everybody else, and they don't know what's next. That's, I mean, that's tough. That's really hard. I understand how people avoid it, but I'm, it's the best thing you can do for yourself. Like, when you discover that you can make your own decisions, and that your thought process is not terrible, and that you can develop it, and that you can make mistakes and learn and grow, and that you're, you can figure out for yourself what you want your life to look like and consist of, it's so freeing, but it's so scary. So. Right, and it's also scary because if you have institutions that have based that are solely or heavily based on the ability to get people to do what you want them to do or to keep them in line, and I'm not saying yeah. keep them in line in terms of like that's true mit suffering or mit suffering or misery, but keep them in line in terms of trying to get them to live according to the particular community of values that you interpret and believe your faith to practice. I mean, right. That's and I get it. You you want assurances, you want guarantees that that you're making the right decision or There that. are none. Right. There are I, no guarantees. Yeah, there I understand. are no guarantees. I, I, I get the no guarantees part. None. I I just think that's just one I think that's something that that is not necessarily exclusive to any particular faith. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's that's more reflective of fundamentalism, not ju- and that's not exclusive to any like faith. Yeah, you're just right. Just the whole like attempt to try to make certain the uncertain. Yeah, I mean it's just, whew. I mean, nothing is guaranteed. All you can do is your best. Mm-hmm. You you can only do what's in your control, and then the rest falls where it may. So wait, we have one more. We have one more, and we were actually going. Oh, someone wanted to talk about the end times. Oh. And talk about uh, the Sith Lord and his... The terrible tangerine. Or tangerine Voldemort. 
as yeah. uh, Lovey likes to call him. Uh, yeah, I like finding new ways of not saying his 45, name. 45, um, as some people like to call him. It's always some version of Orange. I've called him the... Uh, Orange Crush is one I've heard. What, what? Darth Cheeto is another one I've heard. Uh, I like to call him the Sith Lord. Agent Orange is what I've called him a couple of times. Um, so a lot of end time talk pops up when stuff like this happens. I will say that probably the average, well, put it this way. If any part of your understanding of the book of Revelation, and it's Revelation, it's not Revelations. Everyone usually says Revelations. The revelations. Revelation. Turn to the book of Revelations. No, 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 no. It Rev- is Reve- the revelation. revelation. It's just one. That John John was given one. That's it. One revelation. It was not. It's the the book is the revelation. Wouldn't that be an interesting title for us? So, revelations. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, sure. Why not? <laughs> um. Well, there's that. But if you if any idea about the last book of the Christian Bible is about or is from like the Left Behind books, then you don't know about the book. And in my experience, most people don't really know what's going on in that book for a few reasons. First, the book relies heavily on imagery from the Hebrew Bible. And most Christians do not really read the Old Testament except to see for where there's Jesus or to prove that being gay is bad. Those are the only <laughs> no. things that we look toward the Old Testament. Or, or to make people tie. Those are the three things. Well, that and also to... Uh maintain a maintain patriarchy. Yeah, it's like you want to demonstrate why, you know, it's either we to find Jesus, to have some type of random rule about gender or sexuality, or to make people give money. Those are the only things we read the Hebrew scriptures for. Um and we read them with that lens. Uh, and so when you read Revelation, a lot of it won't make sense because if you don't really know the Hebrew scriptures then you won't you know, know the illusions that the writer is making. Um, but for me, I learned about Revelation in a seminar class with Dr. Felder at Howard. Okay. And to me, that really opened my eyes to how you can preach Revelation and with like a social justice mm-hmm. type of lens. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot more sense that way when you understand that it's not talking about literal dragons and literal stars. Like, it all means something. And it was written in code because... This is a time of persecution. And so if I'm going to tell these were like Jewish Christians and stuff like that, I need to tell them what God is going to do, but I can't be blatant about it because then they can get in trouble. So it's similar to like, um, and forgive the Star Wars reference, but it's kind of (laughs) like a coded message. Um by someone in the Death Star, but you just but you but you want to make sure to inform and encourage the rebellion. Yes. Okay. You want to inform and encourage the rebellion, but you don't want the emperor to find out that you're doing it. Got it. And so well, how do I do that? I write it in a way that the people in the rebellion will understand, but not the people who might harm them. And so that's why they, like, you read, like, the seven churches, and they all have these different, like, these were actual places that 
the writer John, which is not the same John in the Gospels, by the way. Those are not the same people. So John on the island of Patmos was not John the Apostle. Those are not the same folks. Um, this was this John who wrote Revelation, though, was a very popular preacher, roaming preacher, prophet, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. And so he likely visited the churches that he wrote to. Mm-hmm. He likely visited these places. And these were ways to keep them encouraged. Keep The whole point was be encouraged, worship God, don't give in against what's happening. And so if I were to preach this today, I would probably go along that theme. That um, even, I probably will take a lot of the God stuff out, to be honest, but the idea is that hang on, remember your values, remember what's important, cling on to that, don't give up, hang on to one another, be in community. Um, These people are still the bad people. These ideals are still the good ideals. Stick to this. It'll be tough. Mm -hmm. We can win. And those are the type of things I think make sense very much in this climate. Like, there's no mention of a rapture in Revelation. None. Um, there is the tribulation, the way it's, like, it's just... And I want people to consider this. If God were so great, why would God all of a sudden become the polar opposite of everything we say that God is? If, like, if God really is... Like, if, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And personally, I do want a God. Like, if I have a, if there is a God at all, I want a God that's going to get angry at the things that hurt people. I want a God that gets mad. I do. However, if we're saying that God is a God of love and kindness and all this other stuff, then all of a sudden, God's like, okay, I'm tired of being humble, and I'm going to make everybody be terrorized and demons and dragons flying around and pestilence and play so that they'll you know. miss me yeah that doesn't make sense like it really doesn't like if someone you cared about did that you'd call the cops call the cops i'd be like where is his drug cocktail like they, there's just something really off with someone who would do something like it's not that that's just but again i know we don't think about god as a person per se but it's like i think it's helpful to think about that but um yeah i i think and also, I think this this point is important too. This book really wasn't trying to talk about the end of the world. The reward was trying to keep in mind what God had in store for them, and that if they hang on, that eventually they'll get this. But this wasn't written to say, this is the end of the world. All of the events that the Revelation is talking about happened then. Like, they already happened. And so if the end of the world would have happened, it would have been that. Mm-hmm. Um, the war, like, and, and people sometimes try to attach things that Jesus said, you know, like, also like, you know, wars and rumors of wars and things like that. That's generic. Like, there's always been wars or, and rumors of, of wars. And so, again, if you're going to, like, if they really weren't trying to say, okay, the world's about to end. They were trying to say that, look, this is how God is going to bring down this evil regime keep this in mind this is what's happening you know what god says you know what god did to kingdoms in the hebrew scriptures right, and all that but type that's of stuff. that's the thing what it, what is what does it mean what does kingdom mean you like it's kind of like in princess bride where he goes you keep using that word i do not think it means the way you, in other words mm-hmm. you, you're using the word in a different way 
than the person may have originally intended it in that particular context. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, read more into it, but I'm just saying in terms of everyone's understanding of kingdoms is, like, we attach modern sensibilities to an ancient context, I mm-hmm. guess. Well, I mean, it, that's... Uh, and- when you don't know the context, it's natural to attach what you know and what you think right, and what you understand. Right, because you're reading it through the filter mm. of your experiences. So, like, imagine if I gave a kid in the inner city who never has seen a farm or sheep or goat in his life, and I say, read the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means nothing to them because they don't know what a shepherd is. Mm. And so... They have to find it. What if there's nothing? They don't grow vegetables. They go to the store to get vegetables. They don't eat lamb. They don't see grass. There's no grass. Right. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, and so there's, they don't, religious language, that's why it's important. I'm really a big fan of like, let's talk about what's really here and what did they mean when they wrote this stuff down? Because they weren't talking to you. And so that's why it's so easy to, figure, oh, well, how, what is this speaking to me? It doesn't matter what it's speaking to you just yet. We can get to that point. Right. I don't think that's the point that you, we, it's not that we can't get to that point. It's that we can't get to that point first. And we the, can't start at that point. Is Right. We can't start there. And we can't say, what is God speaking to me through it to replace me not knowing what the context is? Because God, if God is talking to you at all, God talked to them first, not you. And so you're talking over them by putting what you said. Well, this is what I mean, but God didn't say it to you first, if that's what you're going to play. I personally am not going to play that type of God said, because I think that gets weird. But if God spoke at all, God spoke to them first. So you need to know what they said and then figure out what you get from their conversation. Mm -hmm. Because they're having a conversation that does not involve you. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the part that's hard to get because it's my Bible, it's my word. But, I mean, yeah, long story short, end times, um, no. The world will end one day, but we're like five billion years off, unless an asteroid hits first. Okay. So the last thing that we were going to talk about was, <sighs> I have to say, so I watched snippets of the CNN debate about the affordable, the future of the AC, Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, between Ted Cruz, a.k.a. Herman Munster, and uh, Bernie Sanders. Which are they, well, and just for the errant listener who might know Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act are, are in the fact same the same. thing. They're the same thing, yes. Um... Yeah, I just thought I should make that public service announcement to help yeah. each one, each one teach one. Right. Absolutely. Oh, and also it was actually ad- adapt- adopted from uh, Mitt Romney's plan, which is one of the reasons why he never talked about his health care plan when he was running against Obama in the 2012 elections, because much of it was modeled off of his plan when he was governor of Massachusetts. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, 
So all I'm going to say is that Ted Cruz, I think, just replaced George W. Bush as the dodgeball champion of the world because I've never <laughs> seen anybody masterfully dodge that many direct questions about A, a replacement plan, and B, um, what they were willing, to, what the Republicans were going to actually keep as far as coverage. I didn't watch it. I couldn't do it. I would have had a stomachache. But one of my... <laughs> A friend of a friend was on there. The lady who asked about um, the lady with breast cancer. Mm. She is the friend of a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, I'll find the link and I'll put the link because she has a GoFundMe and I'll put it up so people can see it when we do mm-hmm. do that. Um, but even hearing his like this, he tried to sound so compassionate, but he never answered her question. Um... But yeah, let, let's not once. Ugh, 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 all right, I, see this is this is stuff that really irks me and bothers me. So there was a tweet that what's this gentleman's name, Charlie Kirk, and he tweeted, "Hey Bernie Sanders, healthcare is not a right; it never should be. Rights come from God, not government." And so I lost it a little bit, just a little. <laughs> because that's dumb. Like did that you, is dumb. You, well, yeah. I mean, but <laughs> it's so stupid. That's you're, a stupid you're thing better to say. than me. I mean, I mean, did, was it like like someone that had an egg for the Twitter photo? Pro- no. Or was it a picture of an eagle? Or the no, no, of- no. This was a this is an actual like high ranking person in the empire. Um, well, that's unsurprising <laughs> when you think about it. He had an actual picture in a suit, you know, all of that. Of course. Know. I mean, the, the sponsors have to know who they're buying. My issue is this. One, if you are a Christian and you saying that, you're saying that you're following God and that it's God who gives rights, why would you go against the one that you are worshiping by denying people rights, doesn't that mean that you're against God? Unless your belief is that God is racist and likes to steal and do all these other things. If that's the case, like that's the only, it only makes sense if you believe that God is racist and that God prefers people to die from, from curable diseases and not be treated well right. and not eat. That must mean that's what your God is, which I think by and large that is what their God is. Right. And their and their mind. But the second part that bugs me the most about it is this. It's something that I think that everybody always misses. Is that the Jesus that we have described in the Bible, one of the main things that he was noted for was being an exorcist, right? And and because back in the day, all right, history lesson, back in Jesus' time. Everybody thought that if you got sick, it's because you had like a spirit or something like that. Right. And so if you got sick, you went to an, an exorcist and a doctor were kind of like kind of the same thing. And so there were plenty of exorcists all over the place. And it was an actual reputable profession. Like people would charge and you, you know, like you go to the doctor today, you, you charge, you pay and they fix you or do whatever. And so Jesus was known as an exorcist. The main thing that made Jesus distinctive is that he did not charge people and that he intentionally only went around poor people. The vast majority of his of his ministry, except for the very end, was spent around people in Galilee, the poor people where he was from. 
And that's why all the people followed him. Not because he was this amazing speaker, even though he likely was, but because they would, he would touch them. He would heal them. He would feed them. He would give them things that they did not have. He met their actual material needs. And that is how and he said, listen, the people are fed and the people are healed. This is how you know God is among you. This is how you know that God is here because everyone has what they need. Mm. This is how you know that this is well, God. This is, this is the kicker for me. The kicker for me is I just don't understand when you ask particular questions. Like in law school, they have this thing called the Socratic method, method mm-hmm. where they ask you a series of questions. And it's, it's essentially the point is to basically ask you these questions that get you to a particular conclusion. And in some instances, depending on who the interrogator is, they can either help you really catch it very quickly or embarrass you and drag you for centuries. I really particularly think that folks just need to be honest. And they need to be honest and say, I don't like the idea of having to take care of someone else and having to have any of my money go towards someone else. And I think that only these types of people deserve access to, not just access, but I only think these type of people deserve to get help, and these people don't. Mm-hmm. And there's, it fits into a narrative about the other and about people. And it's just, it's disgusting because it's like, if you're saying that rights, like this guy's tweet, if you're saying that rights come from God and not government, then I guess you are not, I guess, how do you reconcile that with the Declaration of Independence? And on top of that, if you're saying rights come from God, what about all the people that don't believe in your God? What about the Bill of Rights? So should right, those but that's should what be I'm, away too? Well, here's the thing. The Bill of Rights was added. Mm-hmm. That was, those were, that's why they're, it was an amendment to the Articles of Confederation. Originally, it was just going to be the Articles of Confederation and not. There, mm-hmm. there wasn't, wasn't that knows. Right. I mean, I mean, granted, the person that came up with it is hella problematic, but <laughs> if it weren't not for, for him coming, Jefferson coming up with that, uh, the Sith Lord would have much more power now than he does. I think my overall issue is that one, it's, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really big on the God stuff anymore. I'm not like that. I think that at some point it's just like, uh, whatever. But Jesus is very intriguing to me. Um, and his ideas about how the world should be set up and who should be looked after are intriguing and inspiring to me. Um, always have been, probably always will be. Um... And I'll, I guess that's some other point. I'll get into what I mean by all the other stuff anyway, what I just said. But to just read the words that are there, you have this guy who intentionally decided to do something that he could have requested money for and did it for free. And that was a political statement as much as it was a theological statement. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dell and Jess. If you like this episode... Please comment and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Follow us on Twitter and, at Dell and Jess and shoot us your questions, thoughts, and ideas at the Dell and Jess Show at gmail.com. Bye.